Welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's so great to be here with you today. And even more great is the amazing guest that I had. Yes, Dr. Nee Darko. We go way back. We got a KCUMB connection. We talk a little bit on our podcast episode today, but I am just so honored and privileged to have him as one of my guests here on Dr. Me First. I'm totally girl fanning. I've loved his podcast forever. You know, I don't let a lot of guys on here, so he holds a very special place in my heart. So I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. We talk about the word gatekeeper and what that means to him, and then we kind of riff a little bit. It's a really, really fun talk that I so enjoyed doing. But before we get into the conversation, I got to pay some bills. So here's a quick message from MedEvolve, a company that empowers physician practices to work smarter with data-driven services. Are you tired of dealing with the headaches of finding and retaining quality billing staff? Are you having high turnover and limited resources? Well, many practices are opting to outsource all or part of their billing process to help relieve the burden of internal staff, free up the resources, and reduce the overhead cost. For those who wish to keep billing in-house, it's critical to have solutions that provide automation and give you the ability to monitor staff production with effectiveness, especially for remote employees. MedEvolve can help leverage your data and AI solutions and bring answers to the forefront and take the guesswork out of your revenue cycle management. Let them show you how. To have this great company help you work smarter, reduce your costs to collect, and get paid on time, find them at drpodcastnetwork.com backslash medevolve. And the link, of course, is in the show notes. Okay, let's get into this conversation with Dr. Darko. Welcome to the podcast, my fellow KCUMB alumni, podcaster, and now friend, because we podcast together, Dr. Nee Darko. Hey, it is great to have you here with me today. It's good to be here, Aaron. Thank you so much. I'm glad we finally connected. It's been, uh, what, four years? <laughs> we finally four made it years. happen. So. Four years. Yeah. So I got to tell the audience. So we were at, it was your 10-year reunion. It was my five-year reunion for school and we bumped into each other because I think we were kind of talking between classes and they're like, hey, Aaron's doing this like coaching thing. And they're like, hey, Nia's is doing this podcasting thing and really got to know each other well, started following you, follow your wife and all the amazing stuff that she's doing too. And then finally podcasting together. Oh yeah, we're finally here. You know, it's kind of interesting because for me, it was very early in my podcasting game when we first talked. And then, you know, I was looking to kind of really focus really on at least the mindset standpoint of docs outside the box. This is like three different sections of it, but I really wanted to focus on the mindset part of it. And, you know, since then, like the show has grown, we've kind of incorporated a whole bunch of different things. We talk about personal finance, and then we also talk about mission and social advocacy. So when you came back around and said, hey, like we haven't made it happen yet, let's make it happen. And these are the things that you feel really, you know, powerful about talking about. And one of them being, you know, virtual leadership, I was like, ah, that's right on mission as well as on mindset for me. So it made things happen. So it just, all I'm saying is that the energy, you know, we were eventually going to combine forces at one point. So that's just to let the audience when know. Our like, when our powers combined. Yeah. 
Exactly. Captain Planet. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm talking about exactly. You know, so exactly. You can't deny that energy. Mm-mm. It was perfect timing. I mean, probably if I had came on your podcast back then, it just wouldn't have been the same conversation that we can now have. No, it wouldn't have been. It'd been completely different. I would have interviewed you differently. You know, I just I don't know if people who are out there who have created something and like it's either a video or a blog or you know a podcast, and if you can go back three years ago or four years ago, like you're you've completely changed. Oh my like, god, I've completely changed. Right? Like I don't. Even want to hear my first episode because I'm just embarrassed to hear it and stuff. And I did an episode with my wife recently, and we were talking about like what it was like to record my first episode. And I remember I gave her, I let her listen to my first episode, and she literally was like, "Yeah, boo, yeah, you you can't put this out." <laughs> What are you talking about? And you know, my wife is uber successful. Yes. Like she is, she is my Claire Huxtable. She is Michelle Obama. Like she is smarter than me. She is like, she's got so much skills, but she supports me no matter what. And for her to be like, yeah, this ain't it. Like you can't do this. Ouch. <laughs> you know, it was just like, okay, I really got to re-record this. And even then, like I go back and I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I really, but that's, that, that goes down to really you know, one understanding that if you wait until it's perfect, you probably waited too long. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And um, also at the same time, I think the other thing is like, we continue to get a lot of downloads that are accumulating. Right. But I think people want to see your growth, Mm -hmm. right? They, they don't want to see someone with a full product, right? They want to see someone. It's not real then. Like it's not real. And then, you know, when they see you get to a certain point, then they can feel like, Hey, we've come along this journey with you. Right. And I think it's a big deal. Yeah. Like they grow up with you. Yeah. I'm the same way. I was recently got a new laptop. So I was like clearing off the stuff from the old laptop. And I was looking at some of my like first initial social media posts that I ever created. I was like, Oh my, Oh my. And it's, it's a total like Brene Brown moment with an FFT, you know, like a fucking first time. Like you just have to do it and you have to go through the discomfort and you you have to do it because then you never start otherwise. Right. So that's that's a big deal for a lot of people there. I think there's a lot of people who, you know, you ultimately say you would think that they're confident, but I think it comes down to they're not really confident enough to put their information out there because if you're willing to put your stuff out there knowing that it's not perfect and know that people are going to say anything, but you're st- strong enough to be like, I don't care. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't care what the trolls say. That's when you know, like, okay, one, I'm really passionate about this. I love doing this. And I am so passionate. I love doing this so much. I don't care what anybody else has to say, right? That's when you know when you're really kind of rolling. And, you know, I think four years ago for me, I was listening to podcasts and I had these, you know, favorite podcasts that I would listen to. And, you know, I wanted to start a podcast even two years before that, but I was so like, well, my podcast has to sound like this and it has to sound like NPR quality and my logo has to be like this. And my first couple of guests have to be like Banging. this big show name and stuff like that. And rather than just share my story and just share like what it's like to, you know, have these thoughts of, you know, wanting to be a doc outside the box or, you know, feeling like you're kind of alone in the locker room or what have you, you know, you wait. And as a result, you know, you don't get that start. So, you know, I finally just said, fuck it, <laughs> let's just do this. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it just happens. So I'm just really excited that there are a lot more people here who are podcasting now. There are a lot more people, doctors who are out there, you know, taking a stand, whether it be social advocacy or medical humanitarian work yeah. or talking like you on entrepreneurship, as well as burnout, just out there, just expanding our voice beyond like, stick your tongue out. Let me get your blood pressure. You need this medication and all these different things. Like we could do so many different things. Yeah. And I think it's important to note too, like, 
you're not going to get haters on the first post or the first podcast. You're not even going to get it on the hundred. And so I think that's just the fear that we all have of the fear of rejection and criticism. And so I always tell people, I'm like, oh, you got a hater? You've made it. Like, right. <laughs> you're actually, that's actually a good attraction point. now that people are like, oh, I don't like that because that response is just as good as the people who are like applauding you from the rooftops. Yeah, that, that's a really good way of looking at it. And, you know, I think that, you know, people are going to give their negative energy and that's not a reflection on you as the person who's getting that negative energy, right? That's a reflection on them, so to speak. But I do agree with you. Like the only way in which like someone's going to send negative energy your way is if there's something that you're putting out there that's good, that's causing someone to pay attention to it and that they're going to go and, and write something negative about it. So yeah, kudos to you if you got your first negative review. Like I got my first like one-star review, I remember, and I was so pissed. I was like, I'm about to find that person, yo. I'm going to find out exactly where they live and I'm going to <laughs> right? I'm going to go get them, right? And Renee was like, listen, like the fact that they took the time out to leave a review, you know, first of all, give them props for that. Right. Like they they didn't have to leave you a review. But come on, you've made it right. Like the fact that that probably means that someone's expectations were not met. So meet them where they're at and find out what the you know, what's the main issue. And it had to be the bigger person because she was right. You got to listen to your wife and all that stuff. But, you know, it's true. I agree with you. Like if you if you get some negative trolls, just pat yourself on the back. You made it. You have made it. And you've identified your special sauce because guess what? Not everybody's going to like your variety. And that's a OK. Like, yeah, not everybody could be the rock. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know anybody who doesn't like the rock, but it's just like there's only one rock in the world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so. And that's what I remind myself, too, is like, OK, I'm just not your special sauce. It's your responsibility to go find that then. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. I, I, I agree with that uh, 100 percent. So, well, let's get into your word today. So we're going to talk about gatekeeper. Tell me why you pick this word and what resonates with you about it. Well, basically everything that I said just before is based off of a gatekeeper, right? Like, let's be honest. Like if this was, you know, 1990 or, you know, 1995 or, you know, 2001 or 2002, the ability for us to just even have this conversation or to have a following would not have occurred, right? There was going to be, there would be some type of gatekeeper there, right? Whether it's some type of publishing company or some type of TV station or, you know, some type of publisher who'd be like, well, you are special. and We, you know, bestow onto you the ability to have a TV show or to, you know, have a newspaper column or what have you. And you would never get a chance to, to reach people or to reach your community. And for me, the reason why I choose gatekeeper as something that resonates with me and something that I want to talk about is there is no gatekeeper. Right. And as a result, like anybody can literally pick up a mic or pick up some earbuds or use their cell phone and just talk their truth. And as a result, because this can reach so many different people all over the world, you're going to find somebody who thinks just like you. Right. And whether it's because you like the Golden Girls and you just want to build a community on the Golden Girls or, you know, you are, you know, all about social advocacy or you're just about docs, just want to be outside the box. Like nowadays, it's, it's so amazing that there are no gatekeepers and you can just do what you want to do. So for me, that's such a big deal because I would not be here sitting in front of you if, right, if there were a gatekeeper. I don't, you know, I don't have like that special talent that you would see someone on TV or I hate writing, you know? So that's why I love talking about that. And I think if I, if I can get more people to really understand that, I think it'll be better off. Right. So, yeah, I think it's when we come to the realization that there are no rules, 
Because like in medicine, we've been like trapped into like, this is the algorithm. This is the right way to do it. But if you can expand your mind and open up and realize, actually, I can. I think you're, you're so right. Like when you get rid of that fake facade of like, somebody's gonna get me. Or if I put myself out there, then it's going to bring like shame and doom to my family. It's super powerful when you come to this realization. When was it in your life that you realized, holy shit, there's no gatekeeper? For me, what happened is, is I graduated. By the time I finished fellowship, I had about $330,000 in student loan debt. Mm-hmm. By the time I, when I graduated medical school, I had two hundred and twenty. Mm. So I was training for a total of six years between general surgery and trauma. So during that time, I was ducking you know, Sally May, or if they call, I say defer. If I couldn't defer, I'd say forbear. By the time I finished, I had 330 in debt. And as you mentioned, you know, my wife went to the same school as me. We went through the same thing. She did OB, but same thing. So when we got married, we had $662,000 of student loan debt. So that's a scary amount. That makes me want to vomit. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, we both come from blue collar backgrounds, both immigrant type of backgrounds. My dad came to the United States on a boat. Like he came from Ghana, mm-hmm. the, the shores of Ghana, came on a boat three weeks and landed in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And then wow. worked. In, so, you know, for me, it was just like, there's supposed to be like a huge jump between generations. And my father, however blue collar he is, like he was able to handle his finances and make it, you know, manage it. So for me to get to a point where at that point where I realized that we were so much in debt, we were still actually living paycheck to paycheck. And this is a two physician household. So there was a lot of shame in that, a lot of disappointment. Like I had let my parents down, like they had sacrificed so much. My mom's a nurse's aide, like they had sacrificed so much. And now like I'm living just like they were basically. So I actually discovered podcasts and I listened to this podcast where it was a African-American couple called His and Her Money. And the husband is a school teacher, school guidance counselor. The wife was in finance. And after her first child, she decided to stay at home. But during this time, they had made so many mistakes with personal finance, with loans and all of these different mistakes. They decided to document that and chronicle it. And they started talking about how they're trying to pay off their mortgage. They would have people on their show who would talk about you know, getting out of debt. And for me, as someone who's got my DO, someone who's got an MBA and my wife, same thing. Like that was mind blowing to, I seriously at this point didn't know that people paid off their debt, you know, early. I just thought that you paid your debt off according to a schedule and that was it. So hearing that story from them and they talked with so much authority, but they were still relatable. I thought they were older than us at the moment. I was like, oh, they must be like in their forties or something like that. I found out they were like five years younger than us. So I started listening to Dave Ramsey and started hearing all of these other different types of stories, people talking and paying off the debt early, buying cars with cash. Like I seriously did not know people did this. I thought when you bought a car, you bought a car, you know, financed it, and then you paid it off when it was time to pay it off. So what I started to realize, particularly with his and her money, I was like, wait, hold on. If they have this podcast that I'm listening to, they're not, you know, they don't have the degrees that I have, but yet I'm looking at them as authority figures. Like, where are the gatekeepers on this, right? Like, they are just going out there speaking their truth and they're affecting people. And lo and behold, they're, they're helping two doctors who have MBAs. And that's when I started to realize I got to get my finances in order or we got to get our finances in order. 
and I needed to start doing some extra work. So I started doing some locums on the side besides my regular job. And when I did locums, I started meeting people who were doing like really cool things. So I'm talking about docs who were coaching other doctors. I met doctors who lived in the United States just for like three months and then would go and work in like war-torn areas of the world and just use whatever they made for those three months to subsidize their living. I met docs who were, you know, doing medical consultants on TV and all the things that if I said this to you while you were in medical school, you were like, yeah, that doesn't exist, right? Or even as a pre-med, you'd be like, yeah, that doesn't exist. So I was like, I got to put this on wax. I don't know how to do it. And I thought, well, look, I'll make a podcast about it, right? Like who's going to stop me from doing this? There's no gatekeepers. Let me do this podcast. And I started off by interviewing people who were in my network, people who were my friends and, you know, the rest is history and we're here now. So, you know, the reason why that really like resonates with me, his and her money is the example of just speaking your truth, finding your tribe. We would have never been in the same circles. They in Chicago at the time I'm in Pennsylvania, you know, just this internet is, is allowing people to build a community and to build a following. And lo and behold, like my family tree changed based off of what they were talking about. So, yeah, absolutely. Super powerful. And how has it snowballed since those early beginnings when you were hustling two jobs? You're doing the Dave Ramsey, except as doctors, we don't go for pizza, we do locums right. or pick up a right. directorship <laughs> or something like that. Right. Tell how it's snowballed since then. Well, uh, we got the debt paid off in three years. We went super hard, super hard. That's another show, even talking about the effects of going so hard, paying off your debt, what kind of effects it has on you afterwards. But I think what we realized was there was more to life than just, at least for me, there was more to life than just me being a doctor. And I think what I realized and what ended up snowballing is, is that I love what I do, but what I do is not who I am. Mm. And I had to separate me being a physician, me being a trauma surgeon from Nee Darko, right? So Nee Darko is a husband, a father, a brother, you know, an uncle, you know, all these different things that I kind of foregoed or I kind of let fall by the wayside in order to survive in, you know, fellowship or in residency or in medical school or what have you. I kind of started to just kind of embrace all of those things and really realize that it's really not about, you know, for me at least, how many gallbladders I can take out, which is very important. It really is, is, what's the impact of my life going to be? So we got out of debt. We gave ourselves enough runway so that we can open up side businesses ourselves. The podcast has become a side business. My wife has done her own thing so she can do her own side business. And for us now, we, ne we never ever want to be back in debt. You know, we want to make sure that our kids, when it's time for them to go to school, they don't have to take loans like us. Like we're talking about snowballing and effect that we're talking about generational change mm -hmm. for me having an impact, you know, outside of the hospital, but for my kids, you know, having that effect of, yeah, like, you know, some of your listeners may know, you know, about the immigrant tax, you know, like when your parents come to a certain country, particularly the United States, there's that safety tax that you, your kids will have to pay, particularly the first generation. You have to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or an engineer, something that is considered safe, you know, and I want my kids to be like, okay, well, if they want to be a doctor, it's because they really want to be a doctor. But if they want to go into business, if they want to go into something that is a little bit more risky, the arts, I want to give them the runway to be, a, yeah, yeah, I want to give them the runway to do it because I wasn't afforded that. And I think that's important. So. Yeah, I think that's such an important awareness point is when we start to take the white coat off of our identity and be like, oh, who's under here? 
Because I think that was a huge pivotal point for me is I remember my coach asking me, like, what would be the worst thing that was taken away from you? And at the time, I told her my medical license. I didn't say my family. I didn't say my friends. I didn't say my health. You know, I said my medical license. And now I look at that and I was like, oh, it was because my whole being was wrapped up in the identity of doctor. And you're so right. And I don't, I think it's a little bit of intrinsic, you know, like I'm becoming a doctor, I'm becoming, but I think it was a lot extrinsic too of the the weight that we put on doctoring. I really have to say I'm a fangirl. I have loved your episodes, seeing that transformation. Cause I remember when you were talking about when you guys were grinding and getting the debt paid off and I was like, holy shit, like this is crazy. And then when you started talking about the uh, like collateral damage that resulted from that in like your relationships, super powerful episodes. If, if anybody wants to go back and check Docs Outside the Box, like I remember following along with you on that journey and being like, whoa, this is heavy, super heavy. But I appreciate your transparency with that because we saw the exact same thing as I mean, went to medical school. So we got the same bill. And with my husband and me, as I was like grinding and grinding, because I'm like, no debt, no debt. Dame Ramsey says no debt, you know, like pay it off as quick as possible. The the toll that it, it took on that too is, it's there. It's it's there. And I'm so glad that you were one of the first people who gave me the words to be able to take that back to my husband and say like, here, here, this is, this is kind of what, that collateral experience that you were having in your family, I was having in mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's no joke. And uh, I'm glad that that was, you know, allowed you all to kind of come to the, come to middle ground about this and it's debt. You know, there's a huge Twitter issue that occurred about three or four weeks ago. I don't know if you heard where, you know, the white coat investor had called someone financially illiterate and it caused this huge storm and so forth. And, you know, Based off of what this person wrote, I would probably say that was financial literacy also. But also at the same time, I think the key thing was just, I think that moment needed some grace and that moment needed an opportunity to wait, hold on, let me put myself back in that person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Because basically what their comment was, is I did not know what the consequences of taking all the student loan debt would do to my life after I became a physician. Mm-hmm. If you're just taking it at a face value, you're like, well, how can you not know that? You signed a promissory note, right? Like, you you know that's going to be a lot of student loan debt. But when you really start to think about what it's like to just want to be a doctor, but not really know that what these loans are going to do to you and how in multiples of your salary these loans are, right? Where you have to live, what it may do for you, particularly as a woman, like what you may have to delay in terms of maybe family planning, what you may have to do in terms of being away from family in general. Like these are the things that we don't really talk about. And, you know, I thought about, I was like, yeah, maybe I need to not, because I was going to make a show and rebuttal to that. I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. Let me put myself and make a show about what it's like to kind of just grow up in Queens, New York, want to be a doctor, but not know like really financially what it takes to be a doctor. I think that's going to help people more, right? And and when you start to think about those things, you're like, okay, great. I can talk about the X's and O's of paying off student loan debt, but just as important, I can talk to people about, yo, what it's like to pay, if you pay your debt off too fast, which is great, but like living and being away from your wife, you know, two weeks out of the month for seven months straight while you're trying to do IVF 
and you know having issues going through that that's a major problem right particularly when you're just started married get married or when you're taking tissue like uh, napkins and you're ripping it in half right like it's funny at first you're like yo that's y- y'all cheap as hell right but then when you think about it it's like not like you're continuing to do that now like you guys don't have to do that anymore right or it starts to affect other parts of your life you're like wait hold on a second this is no joke, right? Being frugal and so forth is great, but when it becomes excessive, there's a problem also. And that's what we tried to talk about in that episode. So thanks for recognizing that. Yeah. My husband and I, we were just talking about the other night when we were sitting down, kind of just having like a a heart to heart about poor mentality. And same thing. We used Dave Ramsey for a really long time. I don't think he's the hundred percent fit for us anymore. And that's what we really realized is like, The amount of debt that we were going to have to grind through was not like the $20,000 credit card debt that the people who call into his show about. And we were talking about it like I think my husband used the terms like poor mentality about how we've seen our parents, both of us are from Indiana, uh, I would say lower middle class, always using coupons, you know, like always pinching the dollar as tight as you could as it was exiting your hand and like seeing how that perpetuates even in their life now when when they've done well and they can enjoy retirement but yet they're still always looking to save the buck which i'm not knocking that don't get me wrong but at some point you have to wake up and realize i was not put on this earth to pay bills and die yeah sure it's the okay so basically what you're saying is is that abundance mindset yes. right okay so if i can get real with you like i'm the guy who will literally sit on this couch so your audience can't see i have a couch behind me and when i hear that i'm like Man, what, the, what the hell are you talking about abundance mind i don't understand that at all it makes no sense for me but if you truly look at it as this way if you keep walking over dollars to get nickels right like that's the whole standpoint like you there's a dollar right there you're walking over that because you're so worried about trying to get that nickel, right? That you're driving yourself crazy. You're doing all this work trying to get 15, 25 cents when you would have had a dollar if you just looked down and did what was right in front of you. I.e., you know, like there's plenty of money to go around. And if you live your life in a fashion where if you live your life in a way that you are always expecting to get money, it will come to you. And I'm not saying that in a foo-foo sense. I'm not saying that in a very, you know, cloudy, nebulous sense, but it's true, right? Like even with this podcast, I was charging super low rates for sponsorship. And it wasn't until I realized, I was like, wait, hold on a second. I got a VA who's helping move my podcast. Then that person is also helping upload my podcast. Then I got to worry about the social media. Then I have another VA who's helping me with my guests and all that stuff. Wait, hold on a second. I'm in a net negative. Like this makes no sense. So why am I like saying, well, I got this small show and, you know, yeah, I'll charge you 50 bucks to do an advertisement. It's just like, nah, I have a platform. You want to advertise on it. This is how much it's going to cost. And you know what? They said yes, right? That is the abundance mindset, knowing that if they're coming to you, they can damn sure pay. If they're paying someone else, they can pay you. Right. So I, I try sometimes to talk. <laughs> I sometimes try to talk, um, not in those nebulous ways, but just kind of really straightforward. Yeah, so absolutely. I it's and it's learning to not work for money, but make money. And it's a huge difference that, you know, I just raised like if you work really hard that you'll make money. That was that was like ground into us. Like you work really hard and then you will make money. And we were even talking about on your show, like my new mantra is the more fun I have, the more money I make, which is like 180 from the money story that I was 
ingrained with as a child. And because it's looking at exactly like looking at money instead of trading money for time, you're trading money for value. And looking at it in that perspective, it's like, wow, like time is finite, but value is infinite. And what you can put into the world, what your platform brings, creative projects, how you coordinate teams. I mean, that's value that I've started to like d- dive into a little bit more like we talked about on your episode. It is. And it's it's not like the woo-woo manifest, like if I just say it enough times, the like dollars will fall down on top of me. It isn't that. I mean, and for the people who are into that, good. And I hope that you can manifest the shit out of $100 bills. It just hasn't worked for me like that yet. No amount of crystals or rocks are doing it. But what does work is when I open my mind up to being like, okay, no more trading my time for money. Instead, what is my value? And the cool thing is like, we were just started talking this episode. As you put yourself out into the world, and you like then start to like see that value. Now I've got almost six years of business value that I can put out into the world rather than like my one hour of time that we spent together. Right. And I think if you can grasp what you just said, if the listeners can grasp what you just said, that should be confidence enough to know that, you know, that six years of business acumen that you have, right? Like that is just on the same level as someone who goes in and works as a, at a nine to five or works in some type of executive level, you know, but it's just that you are the CEO, the CFO, you know, the CIO, the CTO, you're taking all of these different positions. And although you have a virtual assistant who can help you with all of that stuff, that type of experience is something that a lot of people don't really get a chance to showcase if they're in a regular traditional job. And that's worth something. And when, you know, going back to what you said about having fun, having fun really basically is is just being yourself, right? The more you're able to just live in your truth and curse when you want to curse or just say what you want to say, or just be who you want to be instead of trying to you know, fit this white coat stereotype of how uh, a woman physician needs to be or how a black physician needs to be or how all these different things, just be who you are and kind of just, you know, literally say deuces to the tradition. That is much more rewarded than following, you know, the traditional line. I think what we're starting to see now is so many people jumping on podcasts, so many people jumping on YouTube and blogging and starting their own businesses that, you know, like this playing the traditional game, playing the long game, it's, it's really that's something that our parents used to do and grandparents used to do and the times have changed. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, I think with that, why everybody's jumping in because that they're finally realizing like all that time that I spent being a doctor, it still has value in today's world on these platforms with what I say. Cause I get the question a lot is like, did I make a mistake going into medicine? And I can't answer that for people. I can only answer it for myself now. And now I can confidently say, no, I didn't make a mistake because all of that that's in my past, I am bringing forward with me to continue to put value out into the world. Yeah, but Dr. Aaron, I'm about to do a praise dance for you. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Like, that's what's up. Like, that's the way I look at it now. Like, there's, you have the moment to be regretting, but like, that's just a waste of time, right? Like, you are here because you are here, right? And now you have to take advantage and, you know, use that energy in a way that is, you know, very useful, right? So coming from the standpoint of, yeah, I'm a woman physician who, you know, bucked all these trends and broke through the glass ceiling. And now this is what I want to do with my life. That's going to help a lot more people than, you know, I'm sure you already know, but it's going to help so many more people. You're put on this earth to do and tell that message. 
And for me, the same thing. It's just like, well, you as a trauma surgeon, like you're busy. Like, how do you have time or why do you make time to talk about this? It's because, you know, I could look back and say, yeah, I made a mistake and maybe I should have gone into computers or maybe I should have done X, Y, and Z. But I think that message or whatever, or whoever I would have been talking to would have been diluted by the fact that I'm not a physician. Now that I'm a physician and I have an MBA and I've done with a whole bunch of student loan debt and I've come to the fact that I got an MBA and I don't know how to manage my personal finances. And, you know, I paid off my debt in three years, but I'm telling you, paying off your debt comes with consequences or what it's like to go be a husband going through IVF. And these are things that are, are real, right? And if you are able to talk about it, I think it's that much more powerful. So I wholeheartedly agree with you. No apologies here. Yeah, no, no redos. Well, we could talk forever and ever. I don't, I don't want to go there because we're going to have to do this again soon. I'm going to get you on my <laughs> calendar in like six months and we're going to do this again soon. But for all the listeners who do want more of you, where should they go hang out? So if you want to learn from me from a website standpoint, just go to www.drneedarko.com. That's D-R-N. I-I-D-A-R-K-O. If you want to just hear me talk about Docs Outside the Box, where we focus on the three M's, Money Mindset Admissions, to make you a doc outside the box, just find anywhere where you listen to music, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, just type in Docs Outside the Box and listen and subscribe. I love it. Well, thank you, friend, for coming on Dr. Me First. You're one of the few male physicians that I will let on here. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I definitely realize it's a big honor. So thank you very much for allowing me to, to talk to your audience. Want to see what it's like to hang out in a group with me, to catch me live in person? and around all the other amazing women who listen to this podcast, well, I want to invite you to our monthly free, totally free masterclass that happens the last Sunday of every single month at 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. So much fun, so much collective goodness all in one place. We're still doing the Be Happy Now series. And so I break down a topic each month that will help propel you into living a life where you can be freaking happy now. So if interested, jump on the website, burntouttobadass.com and sign up for this next month's masterclass. I can't wait to see you there. Wasn't I right? Such a good conversation. I'm so glad that we got to sit down and talk. We did do a podcast swap. So you can check me out pretty soon on Docs Outside the Box. I'm not going to lie. It's like a hashtag life goal. <laughs> I'm so excited we got it done in 2021. So yeah. So thanks, Dr. Darko, for coming and hanging with me. I'm serious on that, that you're definitely coming back. Plus, we need to get Renee in on this as well, because she's doing some phenomenal things. So thanks again for coming on Dr. Me First. Let's get a little bit into our kick of encouragement today. So, you know, many times I talk about when people come coach with me initially is we really start talking about like their needs for 
for so many reasons, but the specifically for the big one is because so many times the people that I find that come to me who are in burnout, who are drained, exhausted, just totally overwhelmed is because they have either ignored or pushed away or not really taken care of the needs that they have in their life. And so before we can even go to like wellness and like excelling, I need to help get you out of the gutter and go from like bad to good. So then we can go from good to great. And I want to give you one of my best tangible takeaways. So listen up if this is you, because this is some some good gold that I'm getting ready to hand out to you. And if it's not you, it's still a good reminder that you need to have your needs met. So I've talked about it a lot that I really feel like feelings and emotions are signals of unmet wants and needs under the surface. And it's a really good place when you're looking at your needs, how to support anyone in the process of like moving further and moving on. Because remember, if you are operating out of fight or flight, like it's all about survival, and that need of survival. But if you really want to go into excelling, it's about already having your needs met so that you can get into a higher functioning level or higher thought process level, right? Because if you're just thinking about like, what am I going to do to get through this day and next meal and taking care of basic needs, like you really can't go to like the in-depth life coaching, self-discovery, like deeper understanding level. You're just trying to survive. So I really want to bring it back to basics because a lot of times I use the Maslow triangle, the, you know, the pyramid of needs. And that bottom layer is all about like our physical needs. So air, food, exercise, rest, sexual expression, safety, shelter, touch, water. Those are so essentially basic And we miss them so many times. Seriously, let me read the list again and think about a time just recently when you were not meeting one of your physical needs. Air, food, movement, exercise, rest and sleep, sexual expression, safety, shelter, touch, water. Yeah, I think about this too. Like when I'm starting to feel like really grumpy and just really like, ugh, want to attack the world or maybe the opposite. I'm like starting to, to get really sad about things. Many times it's because it's not just a, a need, but an actual physical need at the deepest physiological, psychological level is not being met. And so, you know, Maslow arranged it in a hierarchy of needs, but I just want to emphasize like physical needs are a must. And let me talk about some other needs because I think we forget like these are just like nice things to have, but instead like, no, these are actual human needs. So one of them is connection and connection for you could mean affection, belonging, communication, community, closeness, compassion, Empathy, inclusion, love, nurturing, respect or self-respect, safety, security, stability, support, trust, and warmth. We as humans are programmed for connection. And I know I talk a lot about this when I talk about like the group setting and reaching out and getting in touch with people. But friend, you were made for connection. We all need Safety in our life, support, closeness, community, love, nurturing, trust, affection, acceptance. It's okay to want what you need. All right? I think so many times we are so self-deprecating, like, 
oh, those are for other people. But really, you need these to show up in your life too. Other needs that I think sometimes we forget about is classified under the honesty need, which is also defined as authenticity, integrity, and presence. I don't know how many times I've talked to fellow high-performing, high-achieving professional women. And when we go through this needs inventory, they're like, oh, I see why this is not fitting because I don't feel integrity in the work that I'm doing or surrounded by people that I'm working with. It's a human need. You know what else is a human need? Play, joy, humor, pleasure. It is. It 100% is. If you've ever watched a child, like play is part of one of the needs. Like when kids don't play during the day, you know how grumpy they are at night. And so when did we forget to play as adults? And play can look like so many different forms. It doesn't have to feel juvenile or immature. There's a lot of ways to play and it is a human need. Other human needs that I won't get too lengthy, but one is peace. So like beauty, communion, ease, equality, harmony, inspiration, order. Autonomy, which is choice, freedom, independence, space, spontaneity. Huge, huge for us who feel like we're being squashed, smothered, stuck, shoved in a corner. Autonomy is a human need. And the last one is meaning, which comes under awareness, challenge, clarity, competency, creativity, discovery, effectiveness, growth, hope, learning, participation, self-expression, purpose, stimulation, understanding. It's a human need that we all find meaning. And that's why burnout was so devastating to me because when I realized that medicine was sucking the soul out of me, I felt like I had lost my meaning, but I hadn't. It just, I realized that I had put my identity in what I do and and I had put everything of like meaning and purpose into what I do instead of realizing That my value is not based on my productivity. It's not based on the salary and the contract that I signed. That my true meaning in the world is to help others. And so it's there for you. And so just these broad categories I want to talk about again. Physical well-being, so those physical needs. Connection, honesty, play, peace, autonomy, and meaning. Sit with those a while. See if your needs are being met. And if they're not, friend, it's okay. Because now you have a point to start. Before we wrap up the show, I got to finish paying out the bills. Don't forget to reach out to MedEvolve. For those of you who know how hard it is to build and maintain a sustainable practice, they understand that bringing the right help to achieve your goals is super important. Get in touch with them for data-driven analytics, workflow automation, and medical billing technology and services by going to the link in the show notes, drpodcastnetwork.com backslash MedEvolve. And get on that right path, friends. And don't forget, as always, how we close these up. Your life, your calling, your pulse matters.
liquid limbs and heavy lids. 